Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this is going to be episode 136 with art director Nydia Diaz, who joins us this week to discuss her origins from Portugal, her undying passion for doing personal projects, and the inspiration derived from working with other artists. We also get into her fascination with album artwork and movie posters, how much of a workaholic she is, and we try to figure out what's going on with all the shoe porn in the motion graphics industry. This episode is brought to you by Learn Squared, an art education platform founded and powered by industry-leading artists. Learn cutting-edge art techniques, discover firsthand how other artists from around the world learn. Head over to LearnSquared.com and apply the promo code COLLECTIVE during the checkout for 10% off your order. Here we go, everybody. Episode 136 with Nydia Diaz. Let's roll. First and foremost, thank you so much um, for coming on and sharing some time with us. Um, it's been really cool kind of watching you from afar. Um, I've been following your work. Just um, I love that about art when I'm looking at stuff or looking at other artists, um, unknowing who the, the creator is, and then um, finding out that you're the creator behind some of these things that I really appreciate. So. Um, it's really cool. And then, then being able to communicate with you via Twitter and stuff and share things, it's been really rad. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Cause I, that's one of my things I love about art, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, it's great. It's always, um, it's always good to talk with people that have been following the work for a while. I yeah, guess. absolutely. And I think it's, I think it makes, um, I think this is something that's quite special about art because it's this, almost this, um, avatar or this, um, persona that exists in a different way of communication you know like this visual communication or uh, sometimes it's as moving picture as well so and but you don't know the person personally it's just the art that speaks to you and i think that's for me it's really cool and your art has your your creative your creative stuff that like your work has like a really unique um a beautiful kind of energy and aesthetic to it that i really i don't know i'm just super drawn to so thank you thank you for being here I'm just going to shower you with compliments. So, yeah, if you're like <laughs> uh, me, you get uncomfortable. So yeah. I, I do. I, every time since I was a kid, I was always uh, very bad at getting like compliments because I was like, no, no, this is still not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, though. That's sign of, of I think for me, I always look at art as being it's never the destination. It's always like the quest, you know, and and you're never going to be as good as you want to be or you're never going to be the best, you know, and I think that's the cool thing about art, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. It keep, keeps on evolving. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, so I'm going to ask you just a range of questions and we'll kind of get into all kinds of fun details and stuff. And we'll talk a little bit about Future Lux and art directing and your thoughts on it and all that kind of stuff. But before we go into this, it's kind of like how I like to warm things up. I, I'm just more, more or less curious as to what got you started in this? I mean, did, did you grow up with artistic family or um, is this something, are you kind of a solo? Do, I mean, how'd this happen? Did you go to school? You know, what's, what's your origin story basically? Uh, well, yeah, none of my family actually is in arts. Both my parents actually draw quite good, but it's never like a, as a career thing. My dad is actually a lawyer. Okay. And, um, I have two brothers, a twin brother and an older brother and both of them, none of it's related to arts. My older brother's a doctor and my twin brother's a lawyer. Uh, hmm. So I'm like the solo, the the black sheep in the family. <laughs> or do they do they support you what you do? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it didn't start. I 
I don't think I saw art as a picking as a like a career for me when I was younger. But I guess it's because I'm from a small town uh, from, in, from Portugal. And, you know, no, nobody talked about design or stuff like that. And, you know, they always think like, yeah, you, you should go to science because you're going to get a job uh, mm. and all of that. So I was actually more into engineer at the beginning. I actually went one year to engineer uh, uni- to university. Oh, interesting. <laughs> How long yeah, did you do that for? Uh, just one year. <laughs> it was uh. enough to have a cal- calculus and algebra for a year. Oh. Enough. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's some if you don't like that stuff, it's the worst. So. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I quite like math when I was a kid, but um, but then I was like, nah, not for me after a while. But yeah, it was it was interesting. My parents always support me. And when I was quite in doubt at the first year at uni in engineer, my parents were like, are you sure this you want to do? I was like, eh, not really. Uh, so yeah, they were very, very supportive. And then I changed eventually to graphic design. So that was a, quite a good jump. The graphic design is that one kind of enveloping, like, thing that everybody can say oh i'm a graphic designer you know and i think it's 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 always funny um because I, I know so many people that are will claim that role and and they think that they're completely not necessarily a graphic designer what is it that makes a graphic designer to you uh i don't know like for me i, was, I think for me it was always about like uh, getting people like doing things like for people and have a message through it, but but having a purpose as well. It's, sure. You know, it's always when people talk about design against art versus art. Mm. And for me, design is art, but with a purpose. Mm. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there was always that because I always enjoyed like art posters. I, I was always very torn to um, to like music uh, album covers and uh, posters for movies. So I think that's kind of what made me want to become a graphic design designer hmm. do you have like a memory of a, spe- a, a specific like album art cover or movie poster that kind of sparked it for you uh not really i think it was a lot because when i was younger i used to listen to whatever my brothers would listen oh yeah uh, what was yeah, that so was, uh they were uh they listened to like marilyn manson and I don't know, Ramstein. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it was a bit of that. And then I slowly toned it down a bit when I started to realize like, hey, I can choose my own songs and music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think at the time, I, like No Doubt and all that stuff, hmm. that was, uh, was very interesting. And and I think like me and my brothers always keep on, like when we were kids, we used to get, grab my mom's magazines and we would just do competitions to do posters and create like a movie and stories for it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I think that's how kind of started, I guess. That's awesome. Do you feel that you're still able to kind of be, because I see that you still do like the album art covers and you're able to do like creatively release that kind of fun, basically. Do you still feel that you're able to do that on a, on a regular basis or do you get kind of tied down with work and all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think I'm kind of like a workaholic, if I could say that. <laughs> I tend to, I tend to come home and instead of, I don't know, do something, I play games or something like that, I always go towards the computer and try to do something new. Hmm. And, um, and I think the album covers for me was like, I, I always wanted to do like album covers for some reason. Um, and, um, 
so for me it was a good way to like curate some music that I that I like that I keep on listening on Spotify and then create albums for it just to like try different techniques or just whatever mood I'm in and most of them it's funny because they kind of tend to be towards something that I was working doing at work like yeah. some kind of stuff and then I try doing something different at home but it just I just was like oh I did this cool thing at work maybe I should use that technique hmm. so it's that's just- that's awesome. So your your work is inspiring your free time and your free time is inspiring your work and it's all simultaneous then, right? Yes. Yeah, that's definitely. awesome. I guess that's a testament to show that you're in a good place and working at Future Deluxe because that's where you're at right now? Uh, no, I'm actually at Analog now. You're at Analog now. Okay. And Analog, yeah. is it um, like a studio that does similar kind of work? Uh, they do more feature effects. Mm, okay. So um, they did like stuff with Manifest Machine, like the... On the Keep Up and the RDI and all of those like really stunning, uh, realistic stuff. Okay. Is that where you're getting into more, like more like the realistic kind of stuff than the, the more stylized stuff? Or is it a bit of both of those combined? Yeah, I think it's both. I think for me it was more like I got the opportunity to go to analog and I thought it would be great to get a bit of both sides because I think that's for me my path is always like that I'm trying to absorb as much as I can mm. from different things and um, and even before Future Lux I was at a more like graphic design studio uh, but that was just like I wanted to go there just to kind of be merged and see what, how they work and and for me it's always like that I feel like um, to become better I should understand every little bit of this industry yeah it's true yeah it's smart <laughs> it's, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I think I think in order to be good, you need to understand all the languages, and I think every the industry itself has so many different languages. Wouldn't you agree? Like from design to rotoscoping and texturing, you know, like they all need to be understood in order to create the final output. I know analog. Sorry, I didn't totally forgot. They did the film idents for um, film four, which they did. I believe they did the Stanley Kubrick one too, right? Yeah. Did I do that one? Yeah, that was incredible. That was just like insane. That was really insane. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, that's listening, check out Analog and they did this thing for film for identities. And I believe that was one of the things they did. It's really incredible, really amazing um, work all together. So I, I think I met some of the people when I was at Off that were part of it. It's really cool, nice people. When did you yeah, make the shift to, to, to the studio? Uh, beginning of this year, around, mm. I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was never intended. It was not like I was thinking about it. You know, it's not like I was trying to find um, a, a different job. It just, uh, it just happened. And, um, but it just felt like a natural transition. Because, um, yeah, I think it's like I said, I've, since I was pretty much in graphic design school at, at uni, I was always trying to get a bit of everything. Because some of my friends from uni are more like illustration. Hmm. And I always love that. So, you know, I learned from them and, and for me, it's like that. It's just absorbing as much as I can. And, and this just felt like a good path to continue forward and see how this like realistic stuff. And, you know, they do at Analog, they do like these amazing 3D renders that is just so realistic. Yeah. It's just, it's just stupidly insane. It's just crazy. Does you find that that's influencing and inspiring your work to be photoreal with a stylized version? Or what's, what is it about the work there now that you're consuming that's really inspiring your work now? Yeah, I, th- I think it's like you said, I think I, I kind of want to get to that point where I can create something that is quite like you look at it and you know that it's not real, but then it feels real. 
Mm. You know, it's just that kind of like illusion that at the first time when you look at something and you're not sure like if it's that taken from a picture, or, but then you're like, oh wait, that can actually not be a picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like a mix of that kind of stuff. Yeah, same thing. I'm having the same thing that I'm getting into. It's a lot of fun. Are you getting like, what programs are you using? Uh, at the moment, I'm using uh, Cine4D, uh, Arnold. I used to use V-Ray before, but uh, starting to try Arnold. Mm. How, do you th- how do you like Arnold? I've heard great things about it. Yeah, yeah, it's great because I tried. Oct- I, well, I, I cannot say I try Octane, but I, <laughs> we tried. I tried our work, but I don't. Ha- I don't have the machine for Octane. Mm, yeah. Uh, so Arnold is quite a good um, like the way if you don't have a powerful machine. Yeah, Arnold is actually really robust too. Um, I just I, I jumped on the Octane thing, so I'm kind of stuck. Like I even had an electrician at my house last week to change the <laughs> the electricity to my <laughs> office. So because now I have two machines and six GPUs to support all the things I'm going to start throwing at it. So, um, but it's pretty cool though. I think the thing with Arnold that I've seen too, is it's really robust and very strong and can, can create really great things from it. The thing I realized, and maybe you, you find it too, is that it's not necessarily the render, but it's more or less the person that's pushing the buttons to make it work. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think even with any software, like even Cine 4D, you know, it's like, I've seen some stuff recently from Blender, like people using Blender mm. and it's, it's insanely good. Some of them. And I remember when I tried the first software, 3D software I tried was actually Blender. And uh, I was so confused with all the shortcuts that you had to do that I was like, ah, I'll try something else. And then I went Cine 4D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I think it's, does, I don't think the tools like this should define us, you know, it's, it's uh, what you get at the end. And uh because for me, I do still a lot of Photoshop, uh, and I mix a lot of Photoshop in uh, even in 3D renders. So sure, and I think that's a there's a really beautiful art to that because you're art directing right now, right? That's what you're doing. Yep. So the art directions usually, from my standpoint, too, the stuff that I've done is it all comes down to still images, and then still images is just mostly like how you can manipulate a still image as far as you can. Photoshop's pretty amazing still to this day still works incredibly strong if you know how to use it and it's it's constantly getting i think better um sometimes it annoys me because it's not and it drives me nuts because they update something and it breaks so but um how long have you been playing with like photoshop for example uh, i think photoshop is actually the first tool i use uh since i'm i was 16 i think maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh yeah at the time i was i think i was 16 and i bought my first computer art Hmm. And uh, I did one tutorial from there, like to follow every single step. And after that, I was like, eh, just going to see the techniques and <laughs> do my own stuff. Um, but um, yeah, it was when I was 16 and I used it for a while, even when I was in graphic design school. And only then, maybe on my last year is when I kind of start falling in love with motion graphics and starting learning After Effects. And then, and I only learned Cine4D, like I think on my last year at university, like a few months before I finished. Hmm. How was your experience at school? Did did it help you with what you're doing now? Uh, well, I took two courses. So I took one in Portugal for graphic design, mm-hmm. but it was more like multimedia. So it's like a web design as well and a bit of video and all that stuff. And then I went to Sweden to Hyper Island and then I did motion graphics there. For- oh, cool. Um, yeah, it definitely helped. I mean, like I think most in both places was um, the people that I met, to be fair. Because I learned a lot from, um, like when I was at uni, my first time, I was uh, in Portugal, my best friend, um, uh, at the time I met her at uni, and she was very good illustrator. 
and even better than me at Photoshop. And she was just like telling me techniques. I was like, oh, that's amazing. So, you know, I did more <laughs> on my free time, I guess, than actually on uh, in, in like work assignments or stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I you know, it's uh, that's I have the same thing, too. It's it's not necessarily the, the place, but it's the people that you're connecting with. You know, that's the most important thing, because those are are the things that, that you're going to remember that are going to retain with you and, and, and being surrounded by that, I think only makes you better, which I think is really smart. Like you're kind of like, as you're explaining, like you're working at studios like I do and I have, but you're, you're getting paid to have an education. You know, that's the thing I love. Cause i when I would work at a studio, like in-house, I think they would get so annoyed by me because I'd go up to everybody like, Oh, how do you do that? Show me that. Like, what's that right there? Do you do the same thing? Oh, yeah, I learned a lot at my uh, internship uh, here in London at Mainframe. I was, uh, we had a freelancer and uh, I was still quite like, you know, trying to learn the most I could at Cinema 4D. And you just do some really cool stuff so quick. I was like, hey, how do you do that? <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I do like that. And then, and that's how I, most of the things I know is from like seeing other people doing stuff mm. and uh, kind of like observing them. Probably they're like, what well, she's looking at my computer. It's <laughs> <laughs> good though. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think everyone does that. And I think it's, it's good, even in a, inside of a studio that you just don't like, you share. That's, I think that's the main thing is sharing. Yeah, that's how you get better too. And how, that's how like really great studios, like say like, let's use like um, Giant Ant or, or Buck, for example, like they grow because they're constantly communicating and working with one another that have completely different traits and skills that are combining to make something quite unique. So just awesome. Your art directing now, is that... Uh, did you design for yourself to be art directing? Is that your goal or how did that come to be? Um, that's the thing. Like, I think for me, it was like always like a bit of a journey because, you know, when I went to graphic design, I didn't know much about motion and then I learned about motion. And then I was at mainframe and I started to install frames. I was like, oh, this is actually very cool because I really love Photoshop so I can mix both things. And then from there, I went to, you know, like uh, I really like knowing a bit of everything and kind of combining and directing. Um, so I think, I think I've back there, like back in my head, I always had the idea of being art director, but I, I don't see my, I still don't think myself as an art director. I still see myself as a designer. Mm. Um, I, I don't like, I, it's not that I don't like labels, it's always cool, but I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't really, it doesn't really matter for me as long as what I do at the end, you know, like the final product, if I'm proud of it, that's, that's what I really, want yeah it's um because for me it's like even if you know when i'm i don't sometimes i come home and i you know i don't do anything on the computer but then in my head it's like oh i should be doing something <laughs> you know it's like uh, and i think it's always that i always want to look at my stuff and be proud of it and proud of what's like whatever i worked on so for me it's not about the title but it obviously it's it's a role that i like doing it's like designing that's that's mainly it i like i love doing style frames um so that's it that's awesome. I'm the same way too. I'm almost exactly when you're talking about it, I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's exactly because, um, you know, my poor wife has to deal with me. I'm constantly thinking and like not stopping and constantly not happy with the things that I'm working on and wanting it to be better. And it becomes an obsession and stuff. And I think it, it creates a really unbalanced life, but <laughs> I guess it's hard because when you're really obsessed with being the best that you possibly can, there is no ceiling. So you're constantly, you know, having to, 
deal with that, you know, reality basically of trying to fight or find the next better version of yourself. You spend a lot of time. I mean, what's your what's your balance like in life? Is it do you mostly work and how if you, if not, do you do other things um, outside of work? That's a tricky question because I was going to say I almost work, but then it feels it sounds really bad. <laughs> no, I don't think I so, do. though. I think if you love what you do, I mean, some people will say that. I'm I'm just saying. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think if you really love what you do, and this it's kind of you know like I've heard that quote a million times, and some people attack it. But if you love what you do, you never really work a day in your life. And I think that sometimes it's true. I don't think it's always easy. I think a lot of it's just fun and being curious about what you like to do. And I think some people are willing to go say like watch a movie or play a video game. Um, I like those things too, but I'd rather go in my own head if that makes sense. And I think it sounds like you're the same. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, uh, I, I love as well going to the movies and um, playing games. Even I don't, I don't play games much more anymore because I get addicted to it. I guess you know, it just starts <laughs> off and you want to finish it. Uh, but I think, I think what I usually tend to do is like traveling. I think that's for me. It's like it's a break, even if I sometimes may think about work or have an idea. But for me, it's mainly when I travel for a weekend, even if it's just a short weekend, as long as I get away from from like. London, let's say, it's um, it just allows me to like not think much, but then I get inspired because I'm not just super concentrated on something, mm. and then I'm just in you know in another culture or something like that, and then I just get so inspired that I but obviously I come back home and then I'm like okay straight to do stuff, um, but it's yeah I think you know I I like to go for walks and and s- cycling and um, and sometimes like for me it's, I. I try to not just learn stuff in like for design or other stuff. I'm since I was 18, I'm trying to learn guitar, hmm. and it's and it's been like uh, on on and off because I started it, but then I get an idea, and then I go to the computer, and then I don't use it for maybe a month. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm trying to learn Swedish because my boyfriend is Swedish, and that's a whole new <laughs> complication <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's difficult for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah. it's a diff- it's like. Pretty difficult language to learn, huh? Uh, yeah, because it's because uh, there it's a mix of like um, English and German. Yeah, uh, but but then it's just you know when you're trying to pronounce something and then he says that's how you're pronouncing it, and he tells me how it is and I was like that's exactly what I said. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to le- learn Vietnamese for a while there, and now it's the same problem. I, it was so complicated and it had so many tonalities and shifts that my ears weren't even ready to hear it. You know, <laughs> I think that's the same thing with design too. As you learn. You, you slowly start to see what good design is as you start to analyze what it is inside yourself, you know? Is there a, yeah. is there a designer or um, somebody that you admire or like a, like a hero of yours that you kind of like stick to? Because I have that myself. I, I think it's kind of sometimes bad to have heroes sometimes, but I think it's also really good to have something to look towards. Do you have that in your life? Um. Well, the thing is, I think for me it was always, I guess I keep on shifting euros, if that makes sense. You know, like yeah. you, you get like, because um, for me, like when I started, when I started learning about Photoshop, I had um, Chuck Anderson, it's more known for like no pattern. He does a lot of cool Photoshop stuff. And I had him as like my euro at the time. But then I started learning more stuff, and, you know, and it keeps on um, on changing. And, I, you know, I, I, and now that I'm doing more like style frames or stuff like that, I go for more from some people. But there's one, for example, that is uh, Nando Costa. He's like a um, Brazilian uh, artist. I think he lives in LA. Um, I've seen his stuff like when I was really young. And um, 
and he was doing motion stuff like uh, advertising for Nike and all of that. And I remember that he always struck with me because I still remember seeing his things like 10 years ago and thinking, I want to do this. Mm. And um, so I keep on looking for him because he he kept on evolving as well. That's cool. So for me, it was always good. But yeah, now at the moment, I think I have like a pl- like a huge list of people that I, I consider like awesome. And, you know, it's just. That's great. I think it's important to be inspired by other people. Do you think that evolution is really an important part of being creative? Uh, yeah, I think so. Especially because, you know, it's like softwares are coming up. But I think for me, I always feel great but sometimes sad a bit like a bit like ah it's like people that are younger and they're coming from universities out and their work is so good and i feel inspired by that because it's like whoa look at them they're just <laughs> starting out um and i for me it's i even like i get so inspired by my friends you know i have so much talented friends and just talking about work and how you did that and oh that's a crazy idea it just inspires you to do more yeah and see see other people evolve I think makes you want to evolve as well, you know, not feel like you're stuck into something. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you think you're going to be evolving towards? I mean, like you said, as of now, like you didn't really design the art direction thing and you're not really into titles. I'm the same way too. I just consider myself to be a creative person. That's all I kind of say, but you know, titles are important for other people that (laughs) that need them, I guess. (laughs) Um, But do you have like a, like for me, for example, like I, I would like to direct a feature length film and also like make video games and stuff like that eventually not video games but like game experiences in vr and stuff like that that's eventually like a goal and also like drawing my own comic book these are all like personal super nerdy uh confessions to the world of things that i would like to create is there are, are do you have anything on your bucket list that you would have to do mm, i think it would be back to what i said it would be a album cover and some main titles probably doing main um, titles yeah yeah, because I've because I've always done more like commercial stuff, like ads for like products, shoes. So yes, sexy <laughs> a lot shoes. Of shoes. There's so much a shoe porn shoes. on the internet. I mean, I'm, every time I look, I'm like, damn, that is so dope. Damn it, yeah, it's th- a shoe. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think it's the, the I think it's the business that probably has more money for its. Oh yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It was always like a f- fun when we we're at Future Lux and we get like a new brief and we'll be shoes again. I'm like no, <laughs> not the shoes. <laughs> Yeah, it's that shoe money. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's cool because like you're able to explore and, and really play with lots of cool things. But main titles is lots of fun. Do you get much into it? Do you is there like what's the thing about main title that draws draws your attention? I think it's because I think it's very graphical. Yeah. Uh, comparing to like when you're doing a product shot, like um, let's say things for ideas, you're still presenting a. Sh- you always have to have the shoe there. You know, it's like it's all about the shoe. Even if you try making it something else, you you always have to have at least half of the the thing showing the shoe, and uh, at least with the um, with main titles, what I always liked is that it tells you a bit of the story of what you're going to see. It shows you just a bit, but not in but not much, so you kind of know already what you're going to see. And I just like the visual language. I think I like I love the like integration of typography with. Uh, and and then you can just do whatever you, I want to say whatever you want, but it's like it can be a three D, it can be a two D style. You know, it's just it feels that you can just do any style, yeah. Depending on the movie, and I think that's what always attracted me to main titles is because I love so much different styles. Yeah, that it that it just feels like oh, main titles. If you get one, you can do something more three D, and then oh, maybe the other one you can do more <laughs> just filming it, and you know, it's just yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. That's exactly how I like that. The thing I love about it, it's it's all the pieces. 
Um, it's it's little as just just typography, or it can be everything kind of like a like Raul Marx, how he does all the you know all oh. these like, crazy scenes, and how Patrick Clare and him get together and they make these crazy extravagant things and stuff. So. Yeah, the detective was really cool. Yeah, damn those guys, um, awesome work. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really cool people too, good guys. So, I'm um, it's cool because I'm looking at your Jump to the Wander. Um, that was like. Is that you want to tell me kind of what that is and like maybe explain it to everybody too, the project on your website? Uh, yeah, so that's a personal project. So I think it's more like because I'm like I said, I, I, I was doing a lot of shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. Yeah, so I was, try, I was trying to get away from it and, um, and I was trying to go back to being something more graphical and just Photoshop, um, just stop for a bit on the 3D and all that crazy madness. Um, so for me, it was I was just I had written a text when I was traveling sometime, and I've, I always wanted to do something for that text. Um, and then it just felt like you know I'm I'm more and more just doing style frames, less animation. So I was like, I always love style frames and main titles. Why not do stuff like that? Uh, so then I tried creating something that is kind of, of a loop. So it's like two separate worlds, and you always see one reflected on the other one. Hmm. So it's like the so it's like you're in this dark dark world and on the reflected you see the world that you want to be in which is more like colorful and then you have you follow this like water drop kind of sphere and then it, you know you get you go inside this crazy cool world and then you go back outside of it so it's always in loop so it could always be a loop and it's just someone that is stuck into this horrible dimension and just always hopes for a better world hmm that's interesting that's awesome. I love that you're doing personal projects. I can't stress it enough to everybody to do personal projects because that's really where your love comes through, you know. And that's when, you know, a possible person or company or whatever, if you would see it and be able to say like, oh, there's potential here. I could see collaborating with you to make something, you know, and like you're opening doors of possibilities. Is Was it more or less just an artist experience for yourself just to kind of yeah. go and do something or is it like also kind of designed in a way to kind of ex- express to people that you would be interested in doing stuff like this as well yeah i think it's both i think it was me trying to see if i could do it yeah because you know you're always like oh i love my like main titles but can i actually do it and go a bit behind it and then yeah to show people as well because i it, you know, you see people's work and like, oh, they have that style. But usually when you look at your work, you don't see a style, you know, for you because you're like most, at least for me, at the beginning, I was like, I don't have a style. And people are like, yeah, you do. And then you look at it, I was like, oh, actually, I always use kind of the same colors. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's, um, for me, it's like I've been, because I was in the stuff for Adidas and all that stuff and I was a bit 3D. I just want to be like, oh, I want to do something like back to where I kind of started, which was Photoshop. And so, so I think it was just mainly that it was like trying to do something for me first sure. rather than, and, but then use that as showing like, Hey, I also like doing this kind of stuff. And Awesome. Do you find that you're making enough time to be able to do your own personal projects or like how often do you do like, cause I personally, like I have to literally cut out time for sabbaticals or my life will just get, just run me right over. <laughs> so like, I, I find it really important though for my own soul and sanity to be able to make the time to do those things. Do you schedule that in or is it kind of like a, you know, Oh, I have a little time here, a little time there. Um, no, I think, I think I was, I think it's actually the other way. I think I always try to do stuff every day, awesome. <laughs> even if, if it, even if it's not like showing, to, you know, like something that is showed, just 
sometimes you may even just look at other people's work and try to be like analyze it a bit like oh they did this really cool stuff how do they do it um and then it's more like schedule like when should i rest and watch movies <laughs> it's more like that i think it's like oh let's do a pause and uh, watch some house of cards or stuff like that <laughs> do you uh, do you enjoy house of cards if you've watched that show you're into it uh Yes, I'm finishing season four. I, I was a bit late to the um, <laughs> to the train, let's say that. But everyone at work was talking about it. So me and my wife were like, yeah, we need to watch it. And then I was just, I watched them like literally the first season in a week, like seeing every episode every day. Um, and now I'm just finishing the last season. I think it's m- more four episodes, but yeah, it's really good. Awesome. It's a really, um, so smart how they had Fincher start it. You know, I think that's such a smart, smart planning behind the producers or whoever figured that one out um hats off to them because you go from you know fincher sets the pace you know he's like this is what it looks like this is how it needs to feel now you guys follow in my footsteps basically (laughs) it's it's really really quite smart i love it and i think um, netflix is really privy to a lot of really cool things they're doing some really great things it's it's awesome they're so huge too getting bigger and bigger every day it's crazy all the content that they're creating is there is that maybe a possible goal for you to maybe possibly work on something that is involved with something like imagine because like I, th- I guess like the title sequence for example for um spoiler alert too if you haven't seen it but if the spoiler the for for that show is it's quite simple it's just time-lapse footage um yeah. with typography too but um that would be like w- one thing i like to do personally is like when i watch a show and then i would think oh how would i remix that introduction and combined design with it you know and constantly think is there a show or a movie that you would be interested in doing that for uh yeah yeah i think house of cards would actually be a good one because i, I don't know i always felt like because the first time i saw something about house of cards was a poster in the tube and it was quite dark like very grungy kind of dark style and and i when i saw the main titles when i started watching i I was expecting it to be darker, sure, <laughs> like yeah. a darker tone to it. I mean, I understand it's um, it's uh, kind of like the darkness is underlaid on them, but it's um, as the characters. But it's, it's still like a. I think that's a good uh, good one, like uh, to actually do something for it will be quite cool. Yeah, I, I love the restraint of it personally. I think it's cool, and I like that um, some shows they don't need to necessarily have um, the to be overdone. Basically, you know, sometimes the restraint is the best you know this is simple typography on something that's happening but man when you have a title sequence or some sort of um show premiere or something that really connects with the soul of the show man it just nothing beats that i feel you know like that feeling of really being having it really hit home and nail it too so it also ages shows too title sequences are so funny like how they work sometimes they work really well and sometimes they don't and yeah, it's it's something I've spent a lot of time thinking about, probably too much, <laughs> obviously. But um, what do you think about style? I mean, we just talked about it a little bit um, here, but what do you think defines style for you personally? And then what is it about others that about style that you admire? I don't know. I think it's like I think style is is not something that you st- strive for. You, you don't think like I'm gonna be super good at like 3D re- realistic renders. I think it's something that it just becomes part of you like for me at least I, I never I never thought to myself I'm going to do this more graphical stuff it just happened and then I just keep on exploring and I always tend to go towards to back to the graphical side of things and um, and it took me a while to realize I actually had a style 
everyone else kept on saying, oh, you have a style. And then only when you kind of put things together, all the projects in the same page, and you look at them, it's like, oh, actually, I can see what they're talking about. And I, f- I feel the same with a lot of people that I talk. They don't, they don't see themselves having a style. I think it's easier for sometimes for illustrators to say that they have a style because then they get commissioned to do several, like the, the thing that they did for a project, like several times for other like magazines and stuff like that. But I think for us, I think it's, um, it just becomes, I don't know, it just, it, it just like, like we talked before, an evolution. You just get to that point and then you just keep on doing things that always go around it. Yeah. Do you think that style is a culmination of just the things that you're interested in? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I definitely think so, because obviously if if you're more interested in like 3D and like realistic, you're always going to like try getting that close to that. You're going to have that as a goal. Sure. And you're going to push for it. And I'm in my case, I think it's because I like a bit of everything. <laughs> so yeah. I just keep on throwing stuff in. Yeah, same. I'm the same too. Do you feel that you're going to start really getting, and you mentioned when you go and do your personal projects, you're going back to say your roots of Photoshop and keeping it quite simple. Do you feel that you're going to be getting really heavy into 3D now that you're working with analog and picking up a lot of that stuff? Are you going to move into like a different platform? Like, or do you still feel that like Cinema 4D is going to be able to get you to what you need? Mm, Good question. Uh, I don't know. I think I think I'm not, I, I want to try doing like the realistic thing, the realistic 3D, but not like look at, make it look like it's part of like, a, you know, VFX that is there and you don't even notice it's 3D. I still want people to realize that it's 3D, mm-hmm. but just having that really nice touch to it. Um, I think that's that's it. I, I, I think for me, it's like, because um, we talk more as design and like as art or stuff like that, if I do some personal project, I assume it was more like my own thing instead of like trying to make it, because if I wanted to make it, so, I don't know, feel like it's part of something, I'll probably just use Photoshop and take some pictures and do f- photo comping. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That if it's a combination. Still, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It's kind of tricky too. So I guess it's like more or less just kind of trying to find that balance, you know, and trying to see, um, just trying to achieve what it is that's in your mind's eye do you do you spend time like do you draw much or sketch out your ideas before you get into it or do you go straight to the computer uh it depends like i'm not very good at drawing (laughs) i used to be when i was a kid uh for some reason i stopped drawing and now i terrible um but i do i do draw like almost like stick figures now (laughs) it's not that bad (laughs) but uh (laughs) No, I just, I, f- I think for me, actually, I kind of have to close my eyes and visualize it in my head first. I don't go straight to like Photoshop, but since I cannot draw it, I think I kind of try to see it in my head first. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does. That's what I do. I kind of like med- meditate on the idea. I build it all in my head and then, and then I just draw it really quickly in my sketchbook because I will forget it. And then I go and go from there and then I just find the pathway to completion. Do you feel that? when you're going to make something, do you have a complete path from start to finish or do you get kind of lost and wander around in the abstraction of making things and looking for happy accidents? <laughs> yeah, I think most of mine are ap- happy accidents. I, <laughs> I I have a very weird, like, I mean, more in personal projects. So when I'm much for, when it's nothing for work, I guess I always have more of a clear idea, but I just sometimes if, if I would just record what I do on Photoshop, sometimes you'll just Really, sometimes I just start with something that is completely different from what's the final thing. Yeah. 
and but this I think is that's why what I do mo- um, mainly on my personal project is I just explore. So I may have an idea of like a feeling or a mood that I want, but then I don't st- restrict myself to a specific like oh it needs to be exactly like this at the finish. So I just try things and then it's like oh actually if I put something like this. And then, oh, it kind of works. But what if I do this? Eh, it works even better. You know, and just keep sort of going from there until I get to a point that I'm like happy with it. <laughs> My friend Coop said it perfectly. He's like, as designers or creative people, we're looking at our screen and having a, a visual dialogue, basically. And we're just trying to make the image that makes us less upset, you know. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just like finding that balance between the thing. When I first started, it would make me so upset that I couldn't continually create great work. It was my biggest fear. And I think that I'm figuring out how to consistently make great work. It's taken me a long time and I don't know if it's necessarily great work. That's for people to judge. I think I judge it by my overall happiness. Like, okay, cool. Like <laughs> that, that I can go to sleep now. If it's not good, then I'm like, I can't go to sleep now because I have to do it right. Do you find that you're slowly evolving into finding your path or do you like those happy accidents? And is that part of your style? Uh, I, th- I do like my happy accidents because sometimes I just, end up getting like, oh, this is a cool technique or I should do it. And then I actually use those techniques later on at work. But for me, I think it's like you said, you always, you need to feel happy where you, with the, like say the finished product. But I still tend to do like a, what I did at uni or something like that, which is ask friends. Mm. Like I would, I would ask my boyfriend or I would send to my best friend and say, hey, I'm doing this. I don't think it's good. And they're like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, are you sure? Is it, is it all right? I'm still quite, um, when I'm doing my stuff, I'm always very, ah, oh, is this good? So, <laughs> still yeah, exploring then. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good that we're having this conversation. This will be a little time capsule for you to come back to later on, you know, so this would be good. That's cool. So your boyfriend also is creative as well? Uh, he's a technical director, so he does rigging and all of that stuff. Oh, okay. In- so it's similar, but it's different, right? Rigging is quite complex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he does some scripting as well. He uses Maya, which is he's quite cool for me because I, I mean, like I, I like that part, and I was never, I never went into rigging and coding and stuff. But I, I like especially when he scripts because since I went one year to uh, engineer, I did a bit of C plus plus at uni, mm. and I actually liked it, like coding when I was at uni it was the the thing that I liked most on the when I was an engineer. And it's cool to see like him coding stuff for like some scripts for Maya and I can understand some stuff. That's cool. And I was like, oh, I know what you're doing there. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's how much I go. But yeah, it's, it's really cool because, you know, I see how he does stuff and it's a different process from mine. And it just, I think it just helps as well. It's a bit of inspiring, you think, maybe to kind of give you another viewpoint at it. Yeah, definitely. Because for me, cause since he's more technical, it's also interesting to see him like his perspective of things. Because especially if I'm doing something, let's say that I'm doing a style frame, it's always interesting to see point of someone that is more technical, like mm. how, how they look at it. So for me, it's good to always see from a lot of sides, like what are you doing? Because if, if, if we're doing style frames for motion, it's always interesting to see what actually people that do it. And, you know, the more technical part, think about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it just opens up other pathways of possibilities in your mind and it just kind of opens up different things and ways to approach it. Cause I guess at the end of the day, if we're talking about design, it's just visual communication, right? So at the end of it, it's just more or less how you're conveying your communication. So it's like, it's the path that's important, but the destination is really important too. So it's this weird fine line design is so unique. And, and the more you add to it, 
the more you find you have to remove from it, you know? So <laughs> I'm yeah, speaking, I'm speaking totally abstractly, sorry, but it's more or less <laughs> like kind of how I approach like, you know, problem solving. Cause that's basically all it is really. You're, you have a, a problem or an idea and you're just trying to solve it really for the most part. Um, when are you happiest when you're creating? What makes you like when you're in your perfect zone? What is that? Paint that I picture. Think, I think it's when I don't see time pass. Hmm. When it comes to the point that you, you look at the screen, it's like, whoa, what happened? It's like, then I know that I was very happy because I didn't even look at the clock. <laughs> That's how I know that I've, I was really enjoying what I was doing. Yeah, I think when when time does not become a factor, it's the same for me too. Um, it's scary too how that works too. Um, it took me a while to kind of have to explain that to my wife. I think she didn't really understand <laughs> it that when I go into like this hypno hypnotic state almost, um, I don't know if you're the same way you obviously said you're really into music. I will listen to a same song over and over and it would get me in like a tantric, um, you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but it would get me in a, in a really hypnosis kind of state of mind where I'm just going deeper into my, my brain. Do you, do you listen to music constantly when you're creating? Yes, and I do the one music. I I think I've, um, you know, when you listen, I've sometimes I listen to the same song for, like the whole week. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and then it gets to the point that I like that I'm fed up with that song, so I need to find another song. <laughs> What's the last song that did that for you? Ah, uh, I don't know. It's because uh, now the thing is I with Spotify. I use Spotify Discover a lot, and it's so cool because I always like to find new bands as yeah. well and new songs. So I think I just I think probably the latest one was. Um, uh, closer from Limat. I, I don't know if I'm saying correctly. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know. Yes, yes. Never heard of it. It's good, yes. huh? What kind of music is it? Uh, you, sh- you should check the music feed. It's quite funny. I think they got a female stuff for it. Um, it's um, it's uh, I don't even know. I think it's like indie. Indie, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to cl- like put a uh, label uh, on things nowadays. I think because they're so uh, they're so mixed up. Yeah, I think everything now is indie. <laughs> yeah, I guess that you, I mean, I guess labels are labels though. Again, you know, it's just for people to help categorize it. But yeah, that's cool. Definitely. I love, yeah. The last song I was trying to think of that was like really hooked on um, was um, Little Dragon. You ever listen to Little Dragon? Yes. Yeah, yes. The, their latest album has some sick tracks on there. I love her voice. It's so unique and the sound and stuff is so cool. So yeah, they're they're really addicting for me to listen to, and then like Boards of Canada and all that kind of stuff too. Just get like lost in the loop, basically, <laughs> in a never ending loop, and never ends. So, yeah, but it's great. Music's really great, though. Are you ever have aspirations to do like say a music video? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think like uh, what, especially I think it started as well when I was with my brothers when we were younger. We would just get like a uh, our phones. Especially my older brother he always liked to do like. Uh, pick some songs and just do videos for it. And um, and it, I would always help him with that. So I think he always came from that as well, like from kids. I think most of the things that I do now, I guess in in a way that I don't I don't see at first, but it kind of gets from my childhood, I guess. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Our childhood, I believe, for me personally, it's like it completely defines who you are in a lot of ways, socially and everything, just the habits and things that you pick up and the reaffirm it. Like, I really think that for me personally, if I didn't have all the love and support from my family to continue with creativity and drawing and stuff, I just probably wouldn't have done it, you know? And it's, I'm so thankful for that. And there's, it's sad when there's like people that I know that are really quite unique and special. And the fact that I think they would do great and design and create and, and, and art, but they just, 
they never did. I mean, how many people have you met that say like, oh, I used to draw or I wanted to draw or I used to create, like even you said your parents did, you know, and then um, like this weird thing called reality comes in and kind of <laughs> like shifts it all, you know, so. Yeah, I think it's always weird this thing with drawing because because when I was younger, I, I mean, I never knew anything to, about design until I was 16. And, you know, in my school, there was, it was very like, yeah, you cannot go to arts because you're not going to get a job afterwards. Yeah. But the thing is that, like, I got a job, you know, it's not, uh, it's sometimes it's, it's things that probably like 10 years ago, you wouldn't get a job, maybe now you get a job. So it's very hard to like, tell someone like, yeah, don't do that because you're not going to have a job. <laughs> yeah, I think I think if you love what you do and you really put your heart into it, you just the world will respond to it no matter what. Um, as long as it's like a something that's positive, I hope that's the goal. You know, you're not you know interrupting in people's lives or hurting them or harming them. But yeah, I think that's really. I think if you do anything that you love completely, the world it, you'll just shine. You know, it's like this weird thing that happens. It's like when you go into a museum and you look at a very well-crafted painting um it speaks to you because it tells you that somebody had dedicated a lot of time to the thing that you're looking at whether you appreciate it or not there's something that transcends all that and really speaks to you on the aspect that somebody has spent a lot of time on this therefore you should pay attention to it because it might be something special for you you know and i think it all breaks down to time obviously but these are all my own opinions but that's what i think (laughs) makes sense so yeah definitely i think i think it's uh, as long as people have passion that you you always see that, and I think there was a quote quote that someone wrote or said that it was about like you should find someone for your company that is passionate rather than experienced, because mm. the per- the person that is passionate is always going to thrive to do better and better, and yeah. you know and it will help your company as well because you know they're so passionate that they want everything to be like good and all of that. Yeah, you ever have ambitions to start your own company, or you just or do you do freelance, or you uh, do you work at in house with them? Uh, I work in house. Sometimes I do freelance, or I used to do before, like in my free time. But it's never good because then I don't sleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, same. <laughs> yeah, cause, but I always, I always did more freelance because I, I love traveling. So I was like, oh, I'll do freelance, get some money, and then travel. Um, yeah. <laughs> and go somewhere and explore. But uh, yeah, I think I think most people, I guess, in our area would always think of having their own studio, and it's it's definitely in my mind. I just don't know when. You know, it's always. I don't know. It's because the thing as well is because um, obviously I live in London and there's already a lot of companies here. Yeah. But then Portugal, for example, doesn't have many. But then it's it's just a bit like I don't know. It's it's complicated because then my boyfriend is Swedish and I lived in Sweden before, <laughs> so I like Sweden as well. So it's like oh, I don't know. I just for now I'm good as I am. So. I, I just let, you know, like life decided for me in a way. You know, sure. I just go with the flow. You don't really need to be located anywhere anymore, though. That's the beauty of it. Um, you can kind of just do whatever you want anywhere um, because of like cloud rendering and just all the stuff on the Internet. We can share things so fast. You know, it's pretty amazing. It's, you don't necessarily have to have. Well, at least I don't. I mean, I'm doing a lot of jobs. I'm employing a lot of my friends and we're just doing it together. And it's it doesn't need to necessarily be. Um, an actual shop because the overhead and this all that stuff is just such a pain in the butt, you know, dealing with all that. I don't even understand how some business owners do it. Um, they got to really love it because yeah, it's I, so difficult. I, yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely something that is going to come and it's like the near future, the people being remotely working because everyone kind of has like want to go back to probably their hometowns or but still want to work with stuff. And, and this just, I mean, we at Feature Lux, when I was at Feature Lux, we used to work a lot with Twisted Poly. Yeah, 
And, uh, you know, it's, it, it was working remotely and it, it, that never, you know, stopped us from doing great work together, you know, like Future Lux and, and him. So, yeah, definitely, I think it's, um, it's the future. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's, that's what I've been doing for like five years now. So it's definitely like, it's like, for me, it's like second nature and I, I find it like weird. I love going to studios at times personally because I love interacting with people and meeting people and there's, there's so many people doing so much interesting things that I kind of go crazy. I'm like, ah, oh, what are you doing? How are you doing that? You know? So that's kind of like why we started the school too. Cause it's like the outlet, you know, to have. So, but I, I find it to be really, um, I don't know, conducive, I guess, to the growth of an art as an artist to be social with other people and stuff. Do you find that you are yourself quite, quite social? Do you like to reach out and talk with people or do you kind of keep to yourself and watch from afar? What are you on the internet? Um, I, I think that if I'm, better socially in the internet than actually in person which is a bit sad saying it out loud uh, but it's, <laughs> yeah, at least you're uh, admitting it though yeah i think it's because for me i think it's easier to talk with people if i'm not looking straight at them at the beginning i mean the first time that i'm talking because i'm very like shy at mm. the beginning but then after i start to know a better person i, I just don't shut up uh, <laughs> so i have that thing like my friends always saying there you go you're not, not going to stop talking uh, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I think I'm better first approach. Like if I see someone's, I mean, I always, since I started looking at, uh, like other people's works, if I find something that I think is amazing, I just text them or email them just to say, Hey, I like you, like your stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, I, cause I, I think that it just, if I always, I always think like, how would I feel in that position, you know, in, in any situation actually in my life. Um, not related just to design. So for me, it's like, oh, if someone would tell me that they like my work would actually make me like feel cool, cool about it and like push f- probably further. So for me, if I see something cool, I, I just go like text, send email. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do the same. So, it's really good. It's important to do that. I think it makes people's day. You know, oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you so much. You know, like <laughs> it's just like <laughs> sending like little love nuggets to people. I think it's really nice. Sometimes I think creating art can be so insular. And so um, like you're just so individual and by yourself inside your head for a lot of the time, for the most part, people, if they get a, a positive response from somebody, that's like why, you know, people get addicted to the likes and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, <laughs> and that, that becomes a completely different in social game basically. But yeah. And what do you think is, um, for you personally, what do you think is the hardest thing about being a creative or a designer or artist? What is it? That's the hardest part about it. I think it's always having a solution, you know, cause it's, it's something that, you know, if you get a brief, it's almost like you need, you have two days or depending on the brief to get an idea, get it out there. And sometimes it's, it's not that easy. You know, it's just, it doesn't come to you straight away. And I think for me, it was always that it's like, I f- sometimes I have the fear that I will get something and I won't be able to mentor, like do something about it, like have an idea how I will, or, or the story about it or something like that. And I think for, for me, that's the worst. It's not how I'll do it later. Cause then I'll figure it out doing it. It's more like the beginning phase, like, okay, I got this what should we do for it? And for me, I think that's the hardest part. Yeah, same. Trying to solve that is really difficult. And then being able to have like a process. Do you think it's a process to create in your own self, like your own habits and stuff? Do you think it comes from that? Or do you think it's, what do you think makes uh, yourself evolved as an artist? Like, what is it, the traits of like, what makes like a master basically? Well, I think first, first and foremost, I think it's being humble. You know, Mm. I don't think, you should always consider yourself like the best out there because 
it's never true because there's always someone that probably happens in their work and also putting yourself that high is only making going to make the fall even <laughs> bigger <laughs> so, so true yeah uh, but yeah, I think for me, it's always like, be humble. And, you know, just li like you talked before, like having heroes is always keep on getting someone that is better than you, <laughs> that you look at their stuff. And if you're like, ah, oh, damn you, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Those are the and best. Just, yeah. And you just keep on pushing for it. That's like, oh, I'm going to reach you. Even if it takes a few years, I'm going to get there. And then when you get there, you find another one and you, you know, you just keep on that and until you get to the point that probably you'll have to find something that makes you want to continue because I, I guess sometimes the problem is that if it's when you get to a point that you don't you don't have anyone else to look at like I think it should be I don't want to get to that position I think I always want to have someone that is always that I look at their work and I always feel that it's better than mine just yeah. because you will always keep on pushing me yeah absolutely I I love and hate that moment when you see somebody's work it's so damn good and you're like <laughs> fuck, I'm so far away from that. And, but at the same time, again, as I think we both agree is the, the allure of, of knowing that that's so far, but it is possible because they're human, right? And they have done it. And therefore it is possible for us to do it as well. At least I think so, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I love when, you, you know, you go to like off or any kind of talks and people show like their first things that they did. I love that. It's like, it just shows exactly like how human they are of, of they started and for me like if I look back at and that's the good thing as well is when you look back and you see like whoa why did I do that especially when I look at my stuff at uni I remember being so proud of it at the time like oh look at this I missed these cool posters for this class and now I look back and I was like oh that's horrible <laughs> you should be proud I think at the moment when you're doing it because I think that shows that you're satisfying that need but I think you should be proud for like the day or the 20, 24, 48 hours. And then after that, it's like, it's garbage, you know, move on. You know, it's, I think that's really when you're pushing hard is when those things kind of come to fruition and you can start to really see it all become reality. But yeah, I've had the same thing. It's quite funny looking back at old work and remembering that feeling, you know, like, Oh, I thought this was great. Like what's wrong with me, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's good to be able to, to evolve. It's sad when I meet creatives that, um, they believe that what they're doing is like a gift to humanity <laughs> and um, they're lost in their own reality. And that usually shows a sign that they've given up on growing and developing and stuff. So um, do you have any memorable moments in your personal career that you can share, like a, perhaps like a project or um, a personal accomplishment on a certain thing or um, whatever it might be? Is there something that comes to mind for you in your career thus far? Uh, I think it could probably be I don't know, two moments that, I'll, that come to mind right, straight away is uh, when I moved to Sweden to go to Hyper. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was like, it was, it was really good. It was the first time I was like studying abroad. And that was like, like a, the culture, you know, like being in another culture and having other mentalities was amazing for me to, even as a person as well, like I was really, really shy then. <laughs> and then I went to Hyper and I became way less shy. Um, so that was good for me to like understand and see other people's work and from different cultures, you know, like, and how they do approach things. So that for me was like a, a big push ahead. And then I think it was straight after that when I got my internship in London and they were so, um, you know, they let me be hands on straight from when I started as an intern. And I remember we were doing a pitch for MTV and each one of us was kind of figuring out ideas, what to do. 
and then we all got together and share our, our ideas and then the creative director at the time said oh Nidia I really like your stuff but I also like his stuff but I think they would work better combined hmm. so then we worked together on the pitch and then we actually won and I was so proud of myself because so I was cool. a because I was still an intern and you know like just this thing of combining stuff and you know picking the the best things from his idea and the best ones from my idea doing a pitch and for me it's because I was an intern it was like my first project that I even saw live as well like on tv so I was, so, I, I was very like oh this is awesome <laughs> that's so cool I love that congratulations too by the way that's so cool <laughs> I love that feeling of success you know and validation and, and it's really Props to your creative director, too, for, you know, being open and, and awesome. Some people, I think, would be so caught up in, oh, you're just an intern, so like stay away. But that's really awesome that, you know, they're open to ideas and stuff. I remember there being a story, I think Eric was talking about it in the behind the scenes for Dexter, the, the title sequence, I think, for Dexter. And he was talking about, um, I believe it was like a junior designer kind of came up with the main concept for it. And, um, he was just like, that's great. You know, like what about like, you know, average daily operations of a serial killer and combining those with like normal things like making toast or, you know, frying an egg and stuff. And, um, and you know, it's, it's great to be open to those things. You know, do you find that you, when you're say directing and art directing, do you work with teams and do you f- do you find yourself coming back to like remembering giving people's ideas a chance and working with them? Do you do you have that still? Oh yeah, definitely. I I for me I've always I always felt like design even sometimes it's, it may, may be such an individual thing if you're doing something on your computer. I always felt like it's it's all part of a team effort. Mm. You know, it's at the end of the day it's, it's always going to be a team effort and I think everyone should always be listened to. So for me if for me, I, I think it's always important to listen to everyone's opinion because sometimes you may be focused on one idea. You know, it's like, oh, this is probably good away. But then someone comes to say something like, oh, I haven't thought about that. Actually, that makes total sense. And, you know, you kind of shift that. And, and I guess it's the same, for example, if you think when Pixar does their movies, you know, they show it like they do nine, ten scripts, uh, show it to different loads of people till they actually find the, what they consider like to be a successful story. And I think here it's the same. It's like, it's, it's, you cannot just focus on your own opinions because art is, it's, is a bunch of people's opinions when they look at something. Yeah. So if you just if you just have your idea, probably someone next to you will have a totally different idea of the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And being, I think, um, you know, the word director, I think for me personally, as it's the to define that is to be able to facilitate the abilities of other people and really to pull the best out of your team, you know, as a captain, basically of thought and dreams and <laughs> ideas and being able to navigate that and, and really, and relinquish those, um, those great traits from people, uh, I think is really important. How do you wrangle that? You know, cause you know, we talk about, um, you have a creative brief or a pitch and then you have to, you know, ideate and then come up with ideas. What's the process like for you personally, whether it's, um, a personal project we can talk about personal projects and then we can also talk about like the process on like professional on the job basically what how does it work for you uh i think personal projects most of them is actually i actually had idea first mm-hmm. besides those times where i'm just experimenting and then it's a happy accident a lot of times i'm just you know on in holidays or seeing someone talk and I just get super inspired and I was like oh that would be cool to do something like this and then I just write down like on my phone like ideas like oh this is cool for whenever I have time for it (laughs) you're Uh, obsessed that's great (laughs) awesome yeah 
yeah, even if I go on holidays, I never sh- shut my mind off work. But yeah, f- for me, it's like, like you said, it's, it, it comes to the point that it's, there's no separation between life and work because mm. I enjoy it so much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when it's personal project, I think most of them, I have an idea and then it's just exploring it. When it's at work, I think I always start the other way around because I'm still trying to figure out the idea. So I do a lot of research. Sometimes what they've done before, for me, it's also important for a brand to know what they've done. Hmm. And because I, I think I got that from when I was studying graphic design, it's always you need to understand the company that you're working for. If you're doing like a logo, for example, you know you need to understand what what they're. Because usually we had to when I was at uni, we always had to identify the company with like st- like free words, so we could get those words and then put it into the logo, like free stuff that would make that uh, logo feel like the company. Hmm. And I f- and I think I still think like that. I think like okay. What, whatever they've done before for this kind of thing. Like we did that analog uh, stuff for Nike, the, like a running man. And the first thing I did was search if they have done things before, because obviously you don't want to do the same as they already done. And they had actually done like the previous years as well, running man. So it was good to say, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> this has already been done. So I kind of think I start first by trying to understand like the, the company, their product, and then from there, I go into like, okay, I like this, but I think this style probably would be cool. And then I start, then I stop the research on the company and research more of the style and people that I think their work is amazing, that would, that would like styles that I like, that will go together with the idea. And then I think things just naturally evolve, like doing a mood board and all of that. Hmm. That's cool. You're kind of formulating, getting educated, because I think that's really important too. You, you can't necessarily... Um, I guess you could say like, uh, you could relate it to say music, for example, like you, let's say the band is like very heavy metal music, but then you wouldn't research, you just hear their name. And then if you didn't know about what they had, like their tone, you would give them some kind of logo and they'd be like, Whoa, this is like, not, this is like a hip hop logo or something, (laughs) you know, like we're not that. And having the education and understanding of what it is, is really important because oftentimes I think, as you know, personally and everybody listening, there's never enough time really with these things too. It's like, okay, we got a brief and we got to do this thing. We have to move board and like, you have to do all this work all in a day's time. Um, if not sooner than that, you know, it's like, we have a couple hours or something, or we have to send something at the end of the day or whatever. And that's just kind of like chaos and madness of scheduling and and managing people's time. But, um, yeah, I think the research part is really important. I I actually neglect that part a little bit too. I kind of get stuck in my head and what I think it needs to be. And I, I guess it's, that's probably a big problem. It causes me a lot of issues. So, (laughs) but I guess that's part of it. So. I think it depends because obviously like a lot of times if a company goes to you for a project it's because they know, I mean, obviously they, sh- they know what you you do like as a company. So definitely they have in their mindset that they want something similar to your, what you have done before. Yeah. So, so obviously you kind of know that because otherwise, you know, they don't go to a 3D company saying, hey, we want uh, 2D After Effects animation, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. never done that before. So I think obviously you can sense, okay, they're coming to us. They want something like we usually typically do. So now let me see how we can get their corporate brands, let's say, into what we do and make it cool. Yeah. I think it's like writing that line of like, I believe um, Paul Rand, I mentioned it, I think at one time and I even like say Steve Jobs, for example, the iPhone he would say that, you know, we need to make the products that people don't know that they need, you know, and I think it's the same thing with design. Um, you said it perfectly. And I like to use the analogy, like, I don't want to be my client's hands. I'd rather be their brain. So let them 
focus on something else. Let me focus on this and then help sell them on the idea. A lot of times when I research people like Paul Rand or um, any of the, the, these these giants of that time, I found that there's a common trait that happens with them um, where they have they're very stern and strong in their vision of what the thing needs to be. Um, even if it's contrary to the client's first original requests, they eventually merge and readapt to that evolution. It's quite interesting. Um, there's also like there's a book called um, Damn Good Advice for People with Talent by George Lois. Have you read that book? Yeah, I think so. It's a really simple book. Is this a small one? Simple right? read. Yes, this is very small. Yeah, yeah. Simple read, but it's got a lot of heavy, great advice in there. George has some really fun um, experience in the past. And I think he, he has, he talks a little bit about that too, but at the same time, he's very much was always aware of, you know, the client is the boss and the client is the one that does it. But at the same time, not everybody has a creative aesthetic to propel them into the future. Some people, they might have horrible sense of design and horrible understanding of it, you know, then they shouldn't be dictating that part of their company, but they do because they have the money and that causes all kinds of problems, you know? So I think it's important yeah. to be able to, to ride those, those, those pathways, you know, and creating something unique and authentic for, um, your, uh, your clients really important. As you said, they're coming to you for a reason. So, and if you're lucky enough for them to come to you directly, so. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I had a, a teacher actually at uni. She said, um, when you're doing like, let's say you have three proposals for them like this. She said, which one do you think they're going to like most? If it's the one that you like least, take it out Yeah. and, and just show two of them and then see if they like those ones. Don't show them the one that you know that they're going to like and you don't like because then they're going to go for it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's a great advice. And I'm constantly saying that as well because you never want to show the work that you don't want to do because all you're going to do is do the work you don't want to do, you know? So um, yeah. take a risk and like, it's just... Oh, man, it's so difficult. I know you probably experienced this a lot because let's say we talk about the shoes thing, you know, like there's so many companies out there that are doing incredible work, just fantastic, amazing. I'm not trying to discount any of it, but it's all, a lot of it's just focused on like shoe porn. It's what I call a shoe porn, you know? <laughs> and like, it's hard because you're like, okay, now we have this shoe and it's got like, I want fire and like sound. <laughs> I want to go through this freaking thing, you know? And then you're like, dude, we did that three times. <laughs> <laughs> the past five years now, like we should probably stop doing this, you know? So, but at the same time, it's like, what do you do next? You know? And then it's like, it almost has to reset and re-evolve and go back to like the bare minimum classic, just, you know, pared down to nothing, no 3d, nothing like that. It's just like simple people wearing shoes, which is really what it is. You know, like as silly as it gets, it's almost like I look at it almost like superhero movies. Now it's like, it's just like, <laughs> dude, this is just too much. You know, like you guys need to chill out a little bit. And uh, you're just like, it's, it's, it's just shoes, you know, you put them on your feet. You know? <laughs> but again, I'm just being, I'm being an asshole, but I don't mean to insult no, anybody. No, so. no, I, think, I, I, no, I think it's true because I think like the latest like shoe commercials that came out, I think the one that actually stand out more for me was one, I, I think it's Reebok. I'm not sure. It's one that is, um, it's completely different from like Nike or Adidas. And I think it stand out for me because that's it. It, it was different. It yeah. didn't try to be like a, a new version of Nike, uh, Flyney thing or stuff like that. It was just simple. I, I, I'll send you the link later. I don't remember now if it was Reebok, but I definitely have it somewhere on my bookmarks because it was just funny and uh, entertaining um, the way that they concept idea. Was it, oh, it wasn't uh, Man versus Machine because they also do like a lot of that stuff too, like the Epic Shoes, Epic Shoes. They did like the Flyney and all that stuff too. 
Um, yeah, no, no, it wasn't from them. It was, um, it was, it was this kind of shoes that they they were floating on the air. Mm-hmm. But it, but it was quite. Uh, I, 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 maybe it's not even Reebok. It's something else. Maybe I'm saying the the wrong brand. It means that I <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> You're all, and, oh I, shit! I worked on that one. That's like. <laughs> no, I didn't work on that. But it was. I remember because I think I was, we were working at Adidas at the time, and I saw that commercial. I was like, ah, oh, this was cool. Why why does everyone always want like this same thing with the shoe, you know? And and this one came and it's a bit different. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's always I guess it's like trying to get like. Obviously, the idea, the client has an idea in his head, and yeah. he's trying to like, kind of like, yeah, I can do your idea, but a bit different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's trying to get that. It's really tough. It's really tough. And when you see that great work, you know, even say like title sequences and stuff that really break the, like, have you seen like um, Enter the Void? Have you seen that movie? Uh, nope, I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should check out that title sequence. Oh, actually, you should just watch the film. I don't even tell you. Just go see it. You'll see what I'm talking about. But it's it's very um, rule-breaking, and it's cool that it did break the rules. And I think it fits that thing perfectly as to what it is, too. But again, at the same time, there's still, I'm not, I really want to make sure that I'm being clear. I'm not trying to discount this stuff because, like, some of the stuff that these people make is just incredible. It's just like if the subject matter would to add up to how epic it was and man it would just be such a great pairing but you know at the same time i think it's all just practice and, and the project itself is just a, a part of it you know the learning part of it too and using that money and um those skills to kind of test the waters with those things and you know go and add it to another thing so because again at the end of the day the, the the actual property the thing that you're making it for um is the important thing you know um whether it's shoes or a gun or a video game or a cat, you know, like whatever it is, you know, um, whatever it is that you're trying to sell. It was weird. I was watching television randomly um, and there was a commercial. I hate commercials. I usually don't watch TV unless I can fast forward through them. I'm horrible. I, you know, I, that's something I, yeah, when I first started, I would work on commercials, but I never liked them and I would always found them as a nuisance. And then um, I think it was like a car commercial and I'm like, wow, like, man, car commercials are so ridiculous. They have nothing to do at all with anything that is anything to do with the car. It's like completely disconnected, you know? And it's like you have like, have you seen the Old Spice commercials? The guy's like screaming yeah. stuff. Then it's like you have a, a commercial that's gone so far that it's not even really about the product. It's becoming like, that's when it becomes self-aware and then it becomes funny. But uh, man, it's, 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 it's so tough when you're writing those lines and being creative and stuff and especially how fast everything is now. Do you find that you, there's enough time in the day for you to do what you need to do at work? Or are you constantly trying to play catch up? Uh, no, sometimes I've, sometimes I wish I could do more, and especially for pitches. Sometimes you you do something and then, and then you send like the, for the client and then you have a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah. Well, it's like ah, maybe if they come back and we can implement that as well (laughs) yeah absolutely that's that's always tough there's never enough time i feel like and especially if you're um what it sounds like you're constantly evolving and learning new things and you're like ah shit i could have used this like last month and i was trying to do that one thing you know so do you have um like a, a focus on what you're getting educated by. Like right now I'm trying to learn like UV, which is so shitty. I hate it, <laughs> but I have to learn it so I can like pull off like the level that I want. So like learning UV and I'm learning 3d coat and um, getting into octane heavier. Is there something that you're focusing on learning or is it just kind of little bits and pieces of everything? Um, I think it's a bit, I mean, I'm a bit like you at the moment. I think I've, I think I'm trying to like improve my modeling skills because mm. 
because I guess like because I'm a bit self-taught, like I learned something for myself. It's never Same. I never actually had the time to just focus on like okay, I'm gonna do modeling. I just you know there's a project and like oh I need to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and then I think like the, I go for it, and you always think like, oh, I'm not that good at this. But then like, oh wait, you see someone's tutorials, like, oh, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and you kind of like in your head, you think you're not good or you don't know stuff. But then when you actually start doing it, I think sometimes the problem is that I don't start doing stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe I should read about it. And then I was like, oh wait, I actually have knew that before. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though, and I think it's important. I, I think for me, like, I my mind wanders too much, so I have to like really lock in on what it is that I need to learn. And I think the way that I'm doing it is probably the same way that you're doing it is that you're assigning yourself a project or something that's at work or um, a personal project. And then you're hitting a wall like, oh shit, like I don't know how to do this. And then you're like, okay, how do I do this? And then go and search and then slowly, it's like building armor for a battle or something, you know, like slowly building yourself up to be able to handle it. So that at the end of the day, you can be like, oh yeah, I know I do all that. And like I model that and all that stuff. Have you tried out um, 3D Coat? Have you played with that program much? Uh, no, no. I think the, pretty much it's just Cinefree. And then I tried a bit ZBrush. Mm. Trying I, to get better at it. but ZBrush is so powerful, but I it's, it's so hard for me to use. It just doesn't make any sense at all to me. And I have tried it so many times and I, I don't know what my problem is, but I've, I found that 3D Coat is really awesome and um, you should check it out. Uh, I think yeah. it's it's something that I've been like sharing with people. I think it's what's what's interesting is everybody, a lot of people don't realize the power that it has really. And it's really similar to Photoshop. So people like yourself and I, like I'm, I'm considering myself to be a Photoshop user heavily. It's really close in the way that the architecture of the program, the user interface and the way it works is really quite similar, the layering and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you should check that out if you're into modeling because it's also voxel-based too. So it's not like surface-based modeling. It has volume too, which is really crazy. So you can do like crazy extrusions and cuts. And then it also has um, a, a kind of, a, a I think it's like a game engine renderer, a live viewer. So it looks really good inside as you play with it. And it's it's live too, which is really cool. And you can slowly augment that. So I'm nerding out fully on 3D code right now. Don't mind me, but it's really freaking cool. You know, I think, oh, yeah. I think yeah, you I enjoy it. Try it. Yeah, I think that's def- I think like for me, it's like that. And then after that would be like substance, substance designer. Oh yeah, I heard about that. That's the texturing program, right? Yeah, I tried it before when it came out, like uh, a trial, like two, a year ago, something like that. And then they gave a talk this year that I went here in London. And then I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it just evolved so much. And uh, it was just like they were talking. I was like, Can't, just take my money. <laughs> Give me that. It's, it's, they, they did a really good presentation. I was like, yeah, I need to try that now. That's awesome. Uh, I've heard great things about that too. But I, I've also, um, the texturing and the painting inside 3D Coat is incredible. It's really good. And if you can take all your stuff and then bake it out or take all your UVs and textures and then go bring it back into your 3D program, like say Arnold or whatever, um, or in your node tree for the, the, the material node tree, you know, like if you can go and reinterpret it, it's incredible because yeah. you can, you can literally make anything at that point. And that's really when it gets really crazy, you know? So, and you're like, no more shoes. You're going to go make whatever you want, you know? And it's like <laughs> and then, God, and God mode. <laughs> yeah, then you go, that would be the, the freaking best thing if you're like, ah, oh, shit, I really need to make a shoe right now. And just all you do is just do 
the best shoe ever. So <laughs> I'm happy that I didn't have any nightmares with shoes, and I still enjoy buying shoes. <laughs> 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 flying <laughs> shoes, yeah. The <laughs> shoes flying through your dream, hitting you, kicking you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so much shoes. Um, <laughs> talk about a couple more things. Um, do you you mentioned that you're into films? What films? Um, what films are you into? Is there something that stuck you recently, or is there like a classic from your childhood that you love? Uh, a classic for me would be Memento. Mm, okay, really like that movie when I saw it, and any kind of thing similar to that, I that's like one of my favorite kind of movies to see like but recently i don't know recently there's a lot of like superior movies that i'm it's just always the same old same what so, no no man yeah a I guy mean, gets his powers and then he gets upset and then he uh, think he gets defeated then he find you find out he has even more powers because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nowadays it feels like things are either superior movies or they are based in true stories it's that's the things that I've seen. So, so when I see something that is different, usually I like. Oh, I like that one. You have to um, really search for it. There's a lot of good stuff out there still. There's amazing movies being made. There's Sicario. Was a uh, I really love Sicario. Have you seen Sicario? No, not that one. Ah, super good. There's so many though. Still, there's like um um uh, what is that movie with Scarlett Johansson? That was really crazy. The Glazer film, Under the Skin. Have you seen that? That's really weird. You'd probably no, like that. You should I check see, that out. I saw Lobster. <laughs> Oh, I heard about that. I heard that was good. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah, it's very weird. You need to have your mindset to it. Um, obviously, like the one that's coming out, Swiss Army Man. Uh, I mean, it's quite interesting. That I haven't one. heard about it's, that. It's coming out. It's, um, it's a directed duo. Uh, they used to do like short films. And now I think this is their first, uh, I may be wrong, but I think it's their first uh, feature film. What's it called again? Uh, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Okay. It's, um, it's, if you see the trailer, it's like crazy and and uh, yeah, I think the directors is the Daniels. Not sure if you heard about them. No. They do cool stuff. You should check their shorts. If you because when I the saw hair, the trailer, I didn't know it was from them. I was like, oh, I see. This reminds me of this like short that I saw, and then I went to see, it and it was the same director. So it's like same kind of thing. Huh. Uh, but yeah, it's completely like different. It's not. Uh, it's no Euro movies, <laughs> so it's quite cool. And it's uh, I don't know. I've, Last year, I remember seeing a Whiplash. That one was also very good. Yeah, Whiplash is great. Just a lot of fun. It, it kind of gets crazy there. Oh, it's an A24 film. Yeah, those those guys, A24, they make some really cool things. The Swiss Army Men. They're, yeah. the, they're the ones doing kind of interesting things. I think they did Enemy as well. And I think it's whoever's in the head of of that that studio <laughs> they're really they're making some really interesting things too. Some really cool stuff too. It's like Harry Potter guys in there, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the main, it's the, well, it's one of the main ones. It's got to be yeah. so tough, man, being Harry Potter and then trying to do anything else. It's just so tough. You're just like, no, you're Harry Potter no matter what. It looks <laughs> like he's really transcending, so it looks cool. Yeah, I think it'll take him a bit for people to see him, but I, I think he's doing quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Whiplash was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. But there is still a lot of good films. It's just, it's. I think the the films that are, consumed generally from everybody it's you know it's like the guilty like the guilty pleasure you know um the superhero movies because they're making so much money i don't know what's going on even like the fast and the furious i never understood it i'm like why <laughs> and it upsets me so much because i'm a car person i really love cars i grew up working on them and, and it's part of me and people when they find out i like cars they ask me if i like that and i just like i want to scream like why would i like that you know and it's um it's, it's crazy because the amount of, of money and effort and time and work that goes into making those it's insane because it's really tough to do action films and it's really 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 tough to do car action films and it's crazy 
crazy that they pull them off. So hats off to that. But I just don't understand them at all. And they they sell so much. That's why they do seven of them, you know. And it's like yeah. I'm, I'm wondering like who the fuck is watching all these things, you know? But it's hey, whatever, yeah. you know. It's like there's a, that's what's cool about this stuff. There's something for everybody, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, right? If I like more kind of the films like Momentum, like I'll probably watch more of that kind of movies. But, you know, pr- pr- there's a lot of people that like, for example, my, I think it's my twin brother it doesn't like comedy movies. Mm, okay. So, every, so it's very like, um, oh, no, I don't want to watch that because I'm not, I'm not too keen in comedy. So, you know, it's things for everyone. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that's the good thing though, too. It's like, again as it is it's like it's important to have something for everybody and that's what's cool about films too um is there a memorable like a movie um that like you would like to do say like a title sequence for when we talked about shows and stuff in netflix is there a a film that you've like oh that's a missed opportunity or a movie that didn't necessarily have it hmm trying to think of i'll say i'll I'll try to always do it like a, a a title sequence from a movie that I liked a lot just so because you know I like so much the movie that I would love to have done the main titles and I don't know if I actually don't remember the main titles for that but it was a movie called Mr. Nobody I don't know if you ever heard about it uh, I've never seen that I've heard about it though yes and uh, I remember seeing it and it was quite cool the movie I actually don't remember the main titles but that film always stuck with me like I always remember the name of that movie for some reason a lot of my uh, friends told me to watch this film yeah it it's, it's it's really nice it's um I mean, it's that, it's that kind of movie that you you keep you have to kind of watch it to the end to realize what's happening, to yeah. understand what's happening, and I really like that kind of movie. So I think any of them, I'll, of those kind of movies, I'd love to um, to do a main titles just because I I love so much th- those kind of movies that it would just be interesting to try to because if you have to wait to the end of the movie to understand it, or sometimes you don't even understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting like how you do some main titles that kind of represent a bit the story, but. Yeah, that stuff is a lot of fun. When you read those kind of scripts, you're like, what the hell? But it makes sense. And it's it's so interesting because you don't know how it's going to work. And there's so many anomalies that make a good film or makes a bad film, really, you know, like bad casting or um, just bad props or something. There's something weird that throws you out of the film. But when it all kind of comes together, it's amazing. You ever watch um, uh, people probably tired of me talking about this, but like Black Mirror or Utopia? You ever watch those shows? Uh, No, I heard about Utopia. Yeah, Utopia is really cool. I think you might enjoy it. Utopia and then also um, Black Mirror is just, I love Black Mirror. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's super trippy and weird and it's like um like Twilight Zone, like a modern day Twilight Zone. It's very contemporary and fitting to our current day culture, you know, the phone face culture. So my friend calls it. So <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, Mr. Robot? No, I've heard. That's another one that people, that's another Mr. Mr. Nobody, yeah. Mr. Robot. Yeah, I need <laughs> to watch. Misters. Yeah, I heard. I'm, I heard Mr. Robot's good. I um, I'm such a. I'm very picky though. Like a film or a show has to really hit on all the cylinders, or I kind of like ah, like I get frustrated, you know. So, um, but right. I I really want to see that because I've heard it's really good. So, um, that's one that I need to see. Do you, is that a show that you watch? I think it's on Amazon. I need to start watching it. I'm yeah, I, I I watched the first season and now the second season is coming. I don't know if it's today or if it's this week yeah i think it was today they came the second season the first episode so awesome yeah i'll have to check that out one of the shows that i uh watched because of the title sequence was halt and catch fire have you watched that show no i heard about it ah it's so good i love it i love that show it's so much fun and so crazy and like it's really well done really well written too 
and uh, the title sequence obviously from Raul and stuff is like the the lead in you know from Patrick and Raul that did that um, title title sequence for it. and it's really fitting it's so short and fast but it kind of goes through and um, I'd suggest checking that out because that's a lot of fun and I think the title is actually ties it together really well too and a lot of layers of development that goes into the ideations of the actual final piece which is a lot of fun so yeah we'll definitely do that awesome okay two two last questions you ready (laughs) yeah so one of them is um what's the future look like for you and then uh the thing i always like to leave everybody with is getting any kind of advice or tips and feedback from you um if you're speaking to say like junior designers or people that are up and coming or maybe like senior designers, people that have been around for a while and, you know, may have forgotten certain things. So the future and then advice, and then we'll be good to go. Okay. Future. Uh, I think it's like you said, I think future is like keep on evolving and uh, probably someday, who knows, whenever have my own studio, maybe. Uh, And as an advice, I think I'd say stay humble. Most important one, I think. Um, and then I'll say to listen to other people's opinions. You know, it's, it's a collaborative thing. So even if if it's a personal product, obviously it's it's your personal stuff. But, <laughs> personal uh, opinion, yeah. Yeah, it's a personal opinion. But um, other than that, just um, just get as much as you can from other people because there's so much talented people probably just sitting next to you. And you know, it's sometimes I f- I feel so frustrated when you see someone that they're not the talent is not being used. Yeah. You know, it's like, so, like I've, I know so, so many people that are so talented. I'm sometimes like, oh, he's so good. Just, <laughs> just let him do his stuff. You know, it's just, it's, it's that thing because, you know, like we're learning, we keep on learning. And if there's someone that does something better than you, you know, let them do it. You know, it just don't get stuck into, oh, that's my, that's my idea. You know, that's my baby. Don't, don't think like that. It's just, you know, just let the people that are good at it do it. Yeah. Awesome. That's great advice. And it's cool to see what you're going to do in the future because it sounds like it's more abstract now. But like I said, this is going to be a fun time capsule for you to look back years from now and be like, oh, man, I can't believe that this is what I'm doing now in comparison to what I thought. Or I'm totally doing what I said I was going to do, you know, so which is a lot of fun because it's probably probably just going to sell shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. The shoes. Yes. Some uh, some superhero movie shoes. So you can just do, do double double whammy there. So you can just, <laughs> uh, be perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been so great. And there you go. There's an hour and a half. How fast is that? Yeah, that was quite fast. Thanks for having me. It was a great honor. Yeah, you're very welcome. Keep doing amazing work and inspiring everybody. Appreciate it. And that concludes this week's episode. Big thank you to Nydia for coming on the show and sharing her thoughts and opinions with us this week. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 136, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. You know the drill. Be powerful. Be prolific. Peace out.